thank you so much for joining me for episode 30, I believe it is, of the Adventure Games podcast. Uh, this week, I am joined once again by Thomas Bex after his short sabbatical. So, hello, Thomas. How are you? <laughs> hey, Sersha. I'm good. I'm good. Working hard and uh, unfortunately not playing that much at the moment because life, but... Uh, We'll catch up with that. We'll catch up with that. We've got plenty to talk about. Yeah, today we do. Well, as you know, as they say, uh, life finds a way. So I'm sure life will find a way for us to play again. And Well, life mostly finds a way to get a way of playing. Mostly that. (laughs) I find that life gets in the way of most things that uh, we want to do. And work as well. Work gets in the way of everything. (laughs) Absolutely. well, well, at the moment, by the time this podcast, this episode goes up, I will be on holidays in Greece. So I am recording now from Greece. Do you see behind me, Tomas? Do you see the, the beach and the blue sky and that yellow object in the sky, which I believe is called the sun? It's, it's so warm here. What's that? A sun? A sun? I, I, I don't know. That? Apparently it's a yellow object and apparently it's very warm. I know in Ireland we don't usually know what that is. But here in Greece, it's really nice because we are definitely, absolutely not pre-recording this before I go on holidays. Uh, I am there now because that's how dedicated I am. I do the podcast on my holidays and definitely not pre-recording. So anyway, I have a few games to talk about. So some new games that have been announced, some Kickstarters as well that have been finished. And also I will be reviewing Gibus. Uh, Hutulu adventure that I finally finished playing so I will give my thoughts on that is it good or is it the worst game ever spoiler it isn't it's <laughs> it's but what is it it isn't well good we'll, isn't we'll find game. out we'll, we'll find, find out, out. <laughs> it could be terrible <laughs> and um, so uh, we can start then because we have a few games that we want that we saw that were interesting and that we wanted to talk about first game i want to talk about a little bit is called neya now this is n-e-y-y-a-h and it is a new game it is from aaron guiner of defy reality entertainment and it is a first person puzzle centric adventure game uh, from developed in Blender and Visioneer Studio 5 and uh, if you see from the screenshots I know it's a podcast but if you see from the screenshots on the website the links are in the show notes the it is it's one of the inspirations is Mist so he the developer in this article which I'll include in the show notes he goes into the development of the game into his inspirations into the development of it, how he got his idea, what puzzles we can expect, and what the storyline is. So I will include that as well. It's you can also see some videos as well. He it is also on Patreon and Facebook. So if you uh, if you uh, pledge through Patreon, you will get access to the game that nobody else will have yet. And on Facebook, they also have some videos and screenshots as well. So that game is Neya, and it is being, it is, they are working on that now. Still no release date yet, but of course when it is released, we will have more news on that. So, uh, Thomas, I believe you have a game that you want to talk about as well. Yes, um, it's called, this is the working title, it's called Hill Agency Purity Decay. And it's got a bit of it's a, a bit of a cyberpunk noir game, a detective mystery uh, where you play a tough as nails private investigator solving everything from petty crimes to global conspiracy, all while exploring the various different worlds that make up North America of the future. And it takes place in twenty two sixty two, and your name is Megan Hill, and um, you are. Well, in, in true noir style, you get hired by a dame, probably a dame to kill for. And he wa- she wants to hire you because uh, her sister has been murdered and the cops are useless as, as usual. So uh, 
you are on the case and you are trying to find out what happened to um to the to the dame's sister and uh it it has a really nice uh noir look it has a very distinct style of graphics and it's a detective so uh that's something i really like and it's got yeah and it's cyberpunk which is something i also really like so i'm gonna put this game on my wish list and i hope to play it when it comes out might be that the, the name changes a bit still because they they said that purity decay is the working title um i'd i'd say check it out it's from akimo games and uh it looks very yeah and another thing that's interesting about it is it's also an indigenous game so the main character is an indigenous character set in this steampunk world so we i don't know that many games which feature many indigenous characters especially indigenous detectives so that got my interest yeah and also on their website they have mentioned that even if you, shall we say, fail, you can still continue. So Just like Lab uh, f- Exactly. They're going to mention that, that if you get an arrest warrant, but it's for the wrong character, then it doesn't automatically say game over, that the game keeps going. So you will always have the option of uncovering new evidence to undo what you've done. So you can go on with your life, but it gets increasingly harder to undo the mistakes you make as the game progresses. So it seems to be similar that way to Lamplight City, but then this seems different in the sense that you can still get new evidence. That Because Lamplight City, when you spoke to someone you chose the wrong option, it kind of cut off the path. But here you can kind of get maybe get new paths or, or new evidence to undo what you've done. So it looks really, really interesting. It looks really nice in a noir, black and white uh, uh, style as well. Exactly. With uh, the dialogue boxes are in blue. There are two basic uh, gameplay modes. So you conduct interviews with different characters and you look for evidence. So in that regard, it's probably similar to Phoenix Wright games. But again, it's, it's its own thing as well. It doesn't, you know, it looks very original. It looks really, really good. And I don't, know if there's, I don't know if there's any release date yet, but I probably think sometime in 2020. And so they've just finished a the Kickstarter. They were successful. So I looking forward to, I'm looking forward to finding out more about this game. So yeah, uh, so that is Hill, Hill Agency. Hill Agency, Purity, Purity Decay. Uh, you found a game um, that has everything to do with the human brain. Yes, so nice segue there. <laughs> uh, this game is called Headspun. It is a game about the voices in our heads. And like this out? game is an. Uh, yes, because this game it's an RPG FMV hybrid set in the world of the human brain. So, yes, like Inside Out. So, you have. Now, Inside Out had. I think it was at five to six different emotions. Here you play as Ted, who is the rational human personification of the main character, Theo. And then you also have to deal with a Teddy, who is his more primal emotional representation. Now, this game is a 2D narrative adventure set in Cortex, which is the world of the main character, Theo Kavinsky's broken brain. And it, Taking advantage of live-action FMV sequences, the staff of Cortex watch Theo's life unfold from the ice screen behind his eyes, making decisions on his behalf and running a day-to-day cognitive operations which define Theo as a person. However, one day Theo is involved in a life-threatening car accident, and Cortex quite literally falls apart, and Theo's life takes a dark turn, and with Cortex in ruins, the parietal lobe damaged, what made Theo Theo is no longer obvious. So you play as Ted, his rational part of his brain, and players will begin a journey to rebuild Cortex and put Leos back together. However, what Ted thinks is best for Theo isn't necessarily shared by Teddy. And so you have to... So this game follows the relationship between both Ted and Teddy, an ongoing war between logic and emotion. So it's a mix of FMV and 2D. So the people outside the brain, they're FMV people, they're FMV characters who are talking to Teddy. Teddy, you see them through his eyes or through, through the brain, if you will. And then you control Ted 
and Teddy as 2D characters. So again, it looks really, really interesting. I don't know of any other game like this. And it is set to come out later in 2019 on Steam, itch.io and Green Man Gaming. And you can wishlist it on Steam. I think many people probably will when they see it. And that game again is Headspun. And so you have another game I believe you want to talk about, Thomas? Yes, uh, the, my previous game was about a private eye and this is about a secret agent and this is called Agent A, A Puzzle in Disguise. It's also a bit uh, a bit comic-y and it's about Ruby LaRouge, a vindictive enemy spy has been targeting our secret agents and your mission is to infiltrate her secret hideaway and put a stop to her evil plans. And uh, this is, yeah, this is clearly a James Bond spoof or uh, homage, depends on uh, on how you see it. <laughs> it is a bit of a, like a James Bond, for, like the 60s vibe. I see uh, uh, graphics, um, screenshots with laser cannons, and um, it, it looks like a blast, to be honest. Um, uh, very stylized graphics, and yeah. Who doesn't want to be a secret agent and uh, go in, into the 1960s and solve crimes and, and, and help to rescue the world? There's not much yeah. more yet about this game available. Uh, it will be available, it should be available now um, on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. Uh, it, it came out a few days ago. Um, so I'd say go ahead and play it. Yeah, it was out on August 29th, 2019. It's on, I see here, it's on Steam, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. And you can also get it on, you can also download it on the App Store, Google Play, Mac App Store, and Amazon App Store as well. So plenty of places where you can check this game out. Yeah. And it won a few awards as well. It won Game of the Year at the AGDA 2016, winner at PAX Indie Showcase 2015 and 2017. And it's won Apple's Best of 2015 plus other awards as well. And it seems to have gotten good reviews overall as well. Yeah. And it's gotten positive reviews on Steam as well and on iOS. So it looks look really cool. And I've probably put that on my wish list as well. Definitely, so Because I don't have... I don't have enough games that I want to play, apparently. <laughs> oh, me neither, me neither. But speaking of uh, of games and speaking of mobile, the next game uh-huh. is uh, something you came up with, and the uh, mobile phone is the most important thing in it. Looks like Yeah, it. so Si Simulacra 2 is another game that is coming out in October. So... In this game, this is the follow-up to the critically acclaimed first game, Simulacra 1. Uh -huh. So this game, it's uh, the previous game was entirely a phone horror format. So it's like you an app on your phone, and then you play it all as, as if it's from your phone. So it's you know, you're talking to, chatting with other people, and then there's a story as well behind it, and you need to find out what happened. But in this case, there are more apps, there's a more complex narrative, there's a live-action cast, and it's a deeper, deeper look into a creepy alternate universe where nothing is what it seems. So, a young social media influencer, untimely and unnatural death is being ruled as an accident, but Detective Murillo suspects that something is amiss. He recruits your help in investigating the case and hands you a crucial piece of evidence the victim's phone. So you have to get to the truth by combing through the victim's past on her phone and interrogating possible suspects in the present. And it is out on Steam on October 29th. And so I, I believe I played a game like this, where again, you on my phone, where again, you just have an app and then you're uh, you know, a game like this that I played is where someone is chatting with you, but you don't know who it is, and then it just goes from there. That uh, you know, they say they've kidnapped someone. So, so this game seems to be a bit similar, and it again, it looks really, really interesting, and I believe it will probably be out on mobile as well. It certainly lends itself very well 
to mobile and it's uh it's yeah it's coming out this october so just in time for halloween so uh but i think it's it adds to the creepiness factor because these are real like fmv characters and it seems very real because they're messages just like you get on your phone mm-hmm. so but yeah it and you have like photographs you have to go through to find evidence and but it looks really really interesting so that's simulacra 2 and i believe you have uh, another Kind of, uh, well, strange game. Yeah, great segue yeah. there, Shorsha. But <laughs> strange is is yeah peculiar. It is a bit as if um, Tim Burton made a uh, point-and-click adventure game, and it's called Framing Dawes. And um, you play uh, a, a girl named. Bay Dawes, who after a heated argument with her father runs away to the woods and digs up a box of her mother's belongings she gathered before she was taken away to Whittington End Asylum. Within this box sits an ornate bottle full of strange dark liquid with a faded but inviting label promising to transform her into her most perfect self. That is an, uh, that's a very... Oh, I almost started talking Dutch there. That was a, a very <laughs> interesting... Interesting... Um, set up and it comes with a warning because it said can cause memory loss paranoia hallucination insanity and death that's what's printed on the label so nice um, <laughs> yeah it is it is truly like as if um as if tim burton had made a um a point and click adventure game it has that very gothic fairy dark fairy tale style um uh and it looks uh, very interesting. Um, it from the from the trailer, it, it plays like a regular point-and-click adventure game, where you can walk around several uh, locations, collect items, and uh, interact with the environment. Uh, uh, but as I said, what makes this unique is, um, yeah, the the style of the graphics. Uh, you should check out the trailer. And uh, yeah, see what it is because the, the the central question here is apparently who is framing dolls. Hmm, interesting. And what one of the interesting things in this game that I see is that you can play as dolls, play dolls, but you can also switch to Dink the Rabbit in some yeah. scenarios. And yeah, her dead pet rabbit. <laughs> oh, her de- oh, her dead pet. And I'll be talking about another game just a little moment where you can also play as another animal. But that will be coming up. So and so, yeah, there's also a variety of strange and wonderful characters. It's a 2D game split into three parts. And you also cast spells to reveal hidden locations and find useful inventory to solve puzzles. Yes. So and is there any release date? I don't think there is yet. I think it's coming soon. No, I couldn't find just, one. Well, <laughs> it's coming sometime. <laughs> well... <laughs> We'll, we'll let people know. You can check it out. Is it? Is it? Well, yeah. So you can. We'll. I'll add a link to the main page. So it's that's jinxitgames.com, where you can find out more. And there is a, another game as well, which is called. Do you, do you like conspiracies? I mean, not that we have enough conspiracies now, <laughs> but there is a game called the Bradwell Conspiracy. So this game is set in the year 2026 and it's a summer solstice and Bradwell Electronics is celebrating the launch of its Clean Water Initiative at its prestigious Stonehenge Museum. But as the event unfolds, it becomes clear there is something seriously amiss. A searing bright light engulfs the room. You wake up disoriented, your throat ragged and raw, Rising from the rubble, it's not long before you come across another survivor, Amber, trapped on the other side of a locked doorway. So what triggered that explosion? Has the mystery of Stonehenge finally been solved? And is Bradwell actually the kind and compassionate company it appears? I'm guessing probably not. But probably not, no. no. If, I mean, if, if, you've learned, if you've learned anything from, well, movies or games or 
Oh, because they even real life that big corporations aren't usually warm, cuddly companies that they say they are. The interesting thing about this game is that your only means of communication with the character is via a pair of Bradwell AR smart glasses. So by working in tandem, sending Amber photographs of your surroundings, together the two of you try to discover a means of escape. But as you find yourself delving deeper and deeper into the bowels of the company's secret underground complex, a sickening truth begins to dawn. Now, the developers have promised that this game is rich in narrative, it has challenging puzzles, an immersive environment, and stylistic aesthetic. Yeah, and it, is a, it is a bit of like a, a retro future, don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I'll be, I'm not sure entirely how it works, if it, it's going it, to be... It, if if I see you know they they have advertisements for this Bradwell company here, and it reminds me of um, of Lost. Um, what's that yes. company there? What they use the uh, the. Oh, it's been many years since I've seen Lost, yeah. but I know exactly what what you mean. Because um, like like for instance, introducing the Bradwell computer B sixteen. Now that looks like a, a computer that was made in the early eighties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now that's and, definitely. Uh, te- Taking us back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is a very stylized retro future. Um, it, it's both modern and a bit of a throwback. Yes, and my drift. definitely. And interesting, the developers have gone out all have gone all out on this because there is even a website for the Bradwell company, Bradwell Electronics. So bradwellelectronics.com. And if you go there, it looks like it's a real company. <laughs> it is a company that appears in this game, but they have gone all out. And the website, it it looks really, really realistic. So, I mean, you might be tempted to buy some of their stuff there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's a company that's in the game. So as far as I know, it's not real people, but... I will include the link there anyway. So BradwellElectronics.com. So the oh. game the Bradwell Conspiracy, it will be out, I believe. They think they're looking to, for to release it later this year, but it's coming soon anyway. So initially it's going to be on Steam and on Apple Arcade. So that's the Bradwell Conspiracy. Yeah, that one's definitely going on my wish list. Um um, the last game we want to mention is uh, made by the creators of one of our favorite games from this year, which was Clan Man. And um, one of the creators uh, created a new game, a short game, a short story about Eric and his troubled relationship with his family, and it's called Abide With Me. It's a story about his inability to communicate the disconnect between what he thinks and says told in two separate acts. It's... Um, um, it's his first non-comedy game. So if you loved Clan Man for the for the crazy comedy, which we did, um, this is something entirely different. This looks more like a drama, <laughs> a short drama, and uh, it looks good. What do you think? Yeah, it. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but it does look really intriguing. The developer said that it is his first non-comedy game and a first game that he has made completely solo. And I believe it's from Martin Hensis, who will be coming up in a future episode of the Adventure Games podcast. Now, we talked about Clam Man there. And he yeah. doesn't mention this game because I, I he hadn't released it at the time. But I wanted to mention this now. People, it's been getting some very good reviews. It's on itch.io. And now, now one person said... It, this game made me feel uncomfortable, but it's in a good way because it, that's what the game is going for. It's a realistic depiction of Eric and his troubled relationship with his family, and people have been uh, very positive about it. So I'm looking forward to trying it out. And as you mentioned, it's called Abide with Me, and I look, look forward to see where the developer goes from here. You know, he's trying different things. Great to see him try different things. You know. Uh, comedy with Clam Man and now a serious story with this. Yeah. So, um, so that's abide with me. So yeah. So so he's you... he's talking about you know Clam Man was comedy and this is this is hand drawn, point and click psychological horror story rich. Is there another game that you I don't know any other? Is... 
Maybe. Any other games that uh, that are similar and that feature a talking animal, which we playable talking animal, some scenes which we talked about before with framing dolls. Yeah. And oh yes, uh, Gibus' uh, Hutulu adventure. Hutulu. Hutulu. Yeah. Anyway, Gibus. Anyway, Gibus is at. Uh, yes, well, if you want to know how to pronounce it, you can, we can ask, uh, Livu Bor. You can check out my interview with him again, as he, he basically schools me the very first five seconds on how to pronounce it properly. So, anyway, he's the Hutulu, or Lovecraft expert, and you can really tell in this game. So, uh, just to tell, uh, the very, but the story, so, we play as different characters. We start the game. First of all, the game starts with a cutscene, and it is a cult leader, and he's talking about this book that can control people's lives, and he's very, very serious, but he keeps getting cut off by other members of the cult. Now, it's a very comedic way. It reminded me very of very much of Terry Pratchett in A Buddy's Guards Guards, where, again, That's a similar good. scene where a cult leader is talking about saying, and this is how we will take over the world. Yes, what is it? What do you want now? You, get off your phone. And it's similar in this game at the beginning. So it sets up the story. And then we see one of our main characters. He's a private detective called Don R. Kitype. See what they did there? Anyway, he, he has been hired. <laughs> he has been hired to retrieve the mysterious evil book and he is in the he is in the town of Darkham Darkham rather and his leads take him to Miskatonic Library so he's in Miskatonic Library there he meets the librarian who's a young guy who's a student part-time librarian called Buzz Kerwin and he it asks about the book, and Buzz says that the book doesn't exist. It's a myth. There are many fake copies of the book, but uh, he's going to be disappointed. And then, would you know, there is an explosion. And our hero, Don Archetype, is kidnapped. And Buzz then, he finds the book. Now, these are not spoilers. This happens at the very, very beginning of the game. And it's a long game. So Buzz then finds a book, this mysterious book, and he still doesn't believe what it is. So he goes home very quickly, and there he sees his cat, Kitta, who's lying on his bed, being all cat-like and ignoring him, <laughs> and as cats are wont to do. And he reads a passage from the book, and then guess what? He transforms Kitta. Kitta is still a cat, but she can talk, and she's not happy, because as we know, cats are superior creatures to humans, and now the fact that she can talk, it means that now she's like us. So Buzz wants to go find uh, Don Archetype, but Kitta reminds him, no, our main priority is turning me back into a cat. <laughs> and so that's where we are. Now, this is the very beginning of the game. So you play as Buzz Kerwin first, and you need to find clues. So your housemate then has some clues. You need to find a way into his room so you can find clues then on where you can go to meet somebody, maybe somebody involved in voodoo, who knows, to find out maybe how you can transform your cat back into normal cat because he tries reading a passage again from the book, but the book, it changes. And it's so he has to go back. And then you also play as Don Archetype, and you need to find out more about these people who have kidnapped you and then try and escape. And really, that's all kind of I want to say about the story. I don't want to... Again, this is the very, very beginning. You could say some more about the story, but I you know, I don't want to give any spoilers at all. Now, uh, one of the things is there... It's called a comedy cosmic horror, and Livu spoke more about that in this game. And so people have been comparing this to LucasArts games. Uh, it's especially you know, Monkey Island, Crystal Monkey Island, especially with the way it looks, and definitely looks great. I'll talk a bit more about that now. And it's overall the tone is comedic. It's um, you know there, it, it the game knows kind of it's silly with a talking talking cat. 
And it's it's also very nice because, as I'm sure you you know, Thomas, most if not all other games based on Lovecraft are very dark, very serious. The main characters usually end up going crazy. Spoiler, uh, because it's Lovecraft. And mm-hmm. but this game, it is at least it looks more like um, a LucasArts game with Lovecraft in it, and it's it's really nice to see. It's really refreshing, and I think for the most part it does it really well. Now with the um, comedy side of it, I admit that. I didn't exactly laugh out loud uh, throughout, but I did smile, I did chuckle, and it's a very, very charming game, and the characters are really, really nice. Uh, Don Archetype, as his name suggests, is an archetype, that he looks like he comes from a Sam Marlowe novel. It's like, um, um, you know, from uh, from one of those noir uh, movies or books. And then Buzz Kerwin is an instantly likable character who is voiced by Livu Bohr himself and voiced very well as well. And then there's Kitta. And now Kitta sounds and talks like, I believe, a cat would sound and talk like if the cat could talk. Because everything she says, uh, she's more interested again in, in her. She ignores the character. You can ask her for advice. You know, if you're stuck, you can ask her for help. And if she feels like it, she will give you advice. If she doesn't, then she will just give a sarcastic answer. So I love to banter the back and forth between Kitta and Buzz. And I would have liked some more because a lot of times it does repeat, but there is still a lot of dialogue, a lot of new dialogue in this as well. But I would like some more as well. And now there are some places, and also now it's also serious at times as well. You know, the story, as it progresses, it does become more and more serious. And then it kind of surprised me in a few places. And again, I won't say much more than that. And the other characters in this game, again, they're really, really nice. They're crazy cultists. And there are, uh, you know, you also go to Transylvania, as Livu mentioned. And this is probably the most memorable part of the game. And there's some really interesting characters there as well. There is um, a character called, I think, I believe it's Ludo, the coachman. And the internet is down in Transylvania. And there is a very pretty waitress. But before he goes over to speak to her, he wants to know if she's interested. So he wants to use, I think it's a dating app in the game, but he needs internet to know how she feels if she swipe right or left. So you need to fix the internet. But he's a really cute character as well. And there are, you know, a lot of, I believe, there's over 70 fully voiced characters. There is also a character involved with Voodoo. There is a taxi driver uh, there as well. And now another thing about the game, as you may have already got, there are a lot of references to Lovecraft, as uh, I've just mentioned, you know, Miskatonic, Dar- uh, uh, Darkham. We also go to Fishmut, where the characters are half fish, half human. human. Yeah. Now, again, it's more comedic take on it. There are also a lot of references to other adventure games, you know, like especially LucasArts games and some Sierra games. Now, the good thing, the great thing about this game is that you don't need to have played these other adventure games and you don't need to be a fan of Lovecraft to enjoy it. You mightn't really get all the references, but it won't spoil your enjoyment of the game because I didn't get all the references, but I didn't feel like I really missed out. And the references are subtle. Uh, for example, you see a skull that looks Mexican, and so the character says, oh, he looks like a Mexican revolutionary. Viva la revolucion. So, as we know, that was from Grim Fandango. But you don't need to have played Grim Fandango to know that. Okay, it's a funny reference. And there's also um, a Game of Thrones reference, which, again, I won't spoil. It's a, it's a funny reference there as well. And um, now, in terms of uh, graphics, it is a 2D hand-drawn animated game and as I'm sure anyone who's seen the graphics it does look like an updated version of Curse of Monkey Island and but it's it it, it looks beautiful and the, the developers were originally illustrators and animators and yeah, you can that's, definitely that's pretty clear yeah you can you can tell and even the screenshots don't really do the game justice you know you see like all of the backgrounds they're so detailed and the the, the characters they're so well drawn, so well animated as well. And 
all of the the buildings in the background have like a kind of opaque slanted style as well. It's definitely very original. I don't know again any other game that looks like this, even though first glance you might think it looks similar to the Curse of Monkey Island or late LucasArts style, but still it looks different. It's its own thing. And again, lots of cute animations. You know, for example, if you don't move your character, Kitta will then roll around on the ground and then will start, you know, licking herself and start, you know, playing with her paws, you know, as cats do. And there are two things that I really like that are not major things and a lot of people might not notice them, but it shows the extra mile the developers went to in this game. The first thing is, with the cursor, as you move the cursor, Kitta's eyes follow it. They follow the cursor, like the Mona Lisa. So if you move it up, the eyes go up. If you move it down, it go down, right, left, and the eyes follow it. And when I first noticed it, I, I thought that there was a bug or something, or that there was I was seeing things. But no, the cat's eyes follow it. And secondly, with regards Buzz Kerwin, when he uh, when he meets some shall we say other ch- some children or some characters that are sitting down or lying down, he bends down to go at eye level. So you know that people sometimes do that to to be non-threatening and to be approachable like that and i love this detail because i don't know of any other adventure game that does this because i'm sure it was a lot more work from the developers but this also shows the character that he's a nice character he's non-threatening he wants to help everyone and uh yeah but one other character that i remember is a girl called priscilla and that's her real name not priscilla and she was also a really really interesting character you'll get to know in the game so those were two things that i really liked in the game as well now with regards gameplay uh it's point and click and there are a lot of things to interact with so that's probably one of the main draws of the game is that there are a lot of hot hot spots so it's a very interactive game and the developers have gone to a huge amount of work to make most of the hot spots have different uh, different text. So you can click on the hotspots at least three times and you will get a different response. You can also try and use every item on the different hotspots and get you different responses and try and combine the different items, uh, the different objects together. And again, so there's no, this doesn't work. There is no generic responses. They're, they're all mostly unique. And they also give hints. So if you try and combine items together, you will get a hint as to what you maybe should be concentrating on using these items for. Uh, so that's one thing that I really liked about the game. There are extra things, which I believe I mentioned a few weeks ago, that you could, uh, you, you know, you could finish this game in about six or seven hours, maybe if you fly through it. But it took me about 15 hours and I took my time to savor it. So there was one section when you're in Don Archetype's office and you have files. Now you know who you're looking for. It's pretty easy. You can do that in a couple of seconds. But you can also read some, shall we say, comedic biographies of other people. I believe they may be Kickstarter backers. And it took me an hour just to read through the files and the biographies of all these characters and all these people. But because I wanted to. And again, it's completely optional. You don't have to. But if you want to experience the game fully, I recommend that people do that. And so lots of different things like that. Now, the puzzles, mainly they're not too difficult. They're, again, with inventory, a combination, talking to characters. And then if you're stuck, mainly you just need to walk around, talk to characters. Again, they're usually logical. I was not usually stuck with the item combinations. Now, there are some logic puzzles. And as you know, I suck at logic puzzles. So there's a pentagram puzzle. There's another puzzle in a library where you have to translate as well. Actually, there's also one puzzle which is also completely optional <laughs> that I found out while I was doing it. And so I I did, that I did look for hints about three times in the game. Now, I tried not to use a walkthrough. I'd wanted hints at these sections just to... Uh, just to help me get started. And then once I was able to get started, I was like, oh, this is the logic of it. But there are hints as well in the game. So I believe that they should be okay. And now the voice acting is, as I mentioned, Livu Borg plays the main character and he's really good. The voice acting overall is really good. 
and so Don Archetype, he has the gruff voice as well of, uh, you know, like a Humphrey Bogart, you know, like, oh, I'm Don Archetype and I'm looking for this mysterious evil book. Much better than that. And uh, Livu Board does really well as well with his reactions as well. And uh, Gitte, and I'm very sorry, I've forgotten the name of the voice actor, but she's really good at being sarcastic as well. And But also you come to really care for the cat. You really come to like the cat uh, during the game as well and again the music they're well known for i think they're known for music before they make the games as well and you can tell as well that there is some really good music as well they've played it's an don't know if they use an actual orchestra but it's like an orchestral sound and there is one section where the main character has to rap and that's a puzzle in itself as well i won't spoil it but livupor is really really good at it uh, i don't know if he did it professionally or if he did it before but you can tell that he's done it before and he's really, really good and is really enjoyable. And uh, now in terms of narrative as well, now there was, with especially with the, the narrative does get more and more complex during the game. You know, there are about two or three different cults and that you need to kind of figure out. And you're trying to figure out what's happening throughout the game. Uh, now, usually with games with, narratives with stories that do become so complex what i like uh, I, I believe you mentioned when you played heaven's vaults that when you quit and when you come back it has a previously on or something it has like it it tells you what happened in the story up until then or something that you mentioned yeah yeah that's yeah. correct it was a was a time where that when i had to stop playing for like a week and a half and i came back and i got a short recap it was awesome yeah, no, I, I love that. And, you know, I, I know that it might not be possible for all games to do that, that it's, I don't know how difficult it would be to implement. But uh, with narrative stories, I always love that if there was a journal which you can read to check to see what's happening, or, you know, a notebook to just to get yourself back up to speed. Because I did go, I believe, a week or something without playing this game. Now, in this game, when you play as Don Archetype, you do have a notebook. Uh, when you play as Buzz Kerwin, you... You can speak to Kitte, and you can get yourself back up to speed. Personally, I would have liked a little bit more to help myself understand, because there were a couple of occasions when I hadn't played for about a week, and I came back, and then I was thinking, okay, why are we in Transylvania again? Uh, who are we looking for? Who is this character again? Now, quickly, I did catch up uh, when I was playing the game, but I always like when story-driven games, uh, you know, that they help you further to, you know, keep you know to focus on the story and not get lost but again it's not a major thing now it it did get a little bit confusing towards the end um again i'm not going to spoil it of course but again even with the notebooks and even with everything maybe i need to play it again but i was a little bit confused as to the motor now it, it does get a bit out there literally but i was a little tiny bit confused i was a bit like okay who is this person again what is what are they doing what are their motives and that so again maybe the story i think maybe could have been at the end a little bit tighter but again it's not a huge thing at all it's a very very minor thing i was still you know fully invested in the characters and in the story as well but i do need to mention as well that the game does end on a bit of a cliffhanger and so and now again it's it's a it's a strange one, this, because I, I understand why, and again, this is, this would, this did not turn me off at all. I'd still highly recommend this game. But the thing with cliffhangers, especially in games, is that they can be a little bit dangerous because there is never any guarantee that it, that the sequel will be made or a second game or third game will be made. Now, it seems like this game has sold well, and Livu did mention that he wanted to continue the story. He said that in my interview as well. And you can definitely tell that uh, like, I'm still interested. I still want to know what happens next. But I I would have preferred, personally, if this whole game, if this story would have been, shall we say, finished and resolved. Because we, we know with other games, you know, that there are infamous examples of cliffhangers. Probably the most infamous one is Gabriel Knight 3, Blood of Sacred, Blood of the Damned. Again, I won't spoil it because I know you haven't played it. I recommend you to play that game, by the way. Um, yeah, should, even with three, even with with 3D and with the graphics and the controls, it's still probably my favorite story-wise Gabriel Knight. Anyway, in that game, it ends on a cliffhanger because I think Jane Jensen thought she was going to make another one. She still hasn't. 
And so it's the same with this game with Gibboost. Now, I do believe that they are going to make more, so we should find out more. But the thing is, it could take them another few years to make another game. And so hopefully they'll have a recap or something, because <laughs> yeah. I may have forgotten. And that's it. I'm always very skeptical, you know, kind of very conscious of cliffhangers as it is, because I'm always worried, oh, will we finish? Also, a vampire story, I believe, had a cliffhanger, which has still not been resolved more than 10 years later. So I really hope we do get a second game because, um, you know, just despite that, I would still really highly recommend this game for all the reasons I just mentioned. It took me about 15 hours to finish. And as I said, just about everything you can tell, even if you haven't listened to the interview, which I would, you know, personally recommend people do, uh, that I did with Livu, you can tell from the game, from playing the game, from watching the screenshots, from watching the videos, just how much effort the developers have put into making this game as good as possible. And just with everything, with the interactivity, with the gameplay, with the storyline, with the puzzles, that everything is well thought out. And you can tell that you know there are no bugs in the game, that they really care about the adventure genre, that they are doing this for the love of the genre. And you know, it's it's great that it's uh, that I can you know that I really really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can see more uh, very soon from from the second game. And the last thing I wanted to mention that the developers themselves mentioned that oh, also this game is available on like a million different languages. They localize mm-hmm. it in well, the, uh, English and Spanish and French, and also in Romanian and Arabic. And now, unfortunately, this is mentioned on his Steam page as well, that there were some localization issues. I believe it's with Russian, Japanese, and uh, Mandarin, I believe, or Chinese. That oh, Only the simple languages. That... Exactly. No, but I, I believe that the company that they used to, to translate and localize these uh, languages, they didn't do a very good job. And so some of the players playing in these languages that they were not very happy. Now, uh, the developers stuck in Attic have said that they're aware that they, uh, that they're trying to fix it as soon as they can. They're trying to use another company, other people to improve the localization issues. Now that, of course, that didn't bother me. I played in English and, uh, you know, it's, but it's, it's good to see developers that they're listening to feedback, they're listening to the fans and they're trying as soon as possible to fix any issues that came up. But, yeah, that is Gibus at Hutulu Adventure. And I would definitely highly recommend this game. I definitely highly recommend that people check it out. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it's definitely going to be up there for Game of the Year. I'm not sure because I'm still playing other games, which I think could be there. I still have to play Heaven's Vault. Ah. I will play that. <laughs> uh, I believe that at least those two games from what um, I've heard you say as well. And I'm playing other games, which I'll say later on in the future. I don't want to maybe preempt things, but there are other games as well. Maybe one or two other games that might be up there. But definitely, this game is definitely worth checking out. And that is Gibus, a Cthulhu adventure. So It's not, uh, it's not that difficult to say Cthulhu. 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 Okay, there's a problem because there's a TH there. And I don't know if you noticed, but Irish people don't like saying the word, the letters TH. We don't say that well. I know. We, <laughs> so that's why you're we, making we use me that say to our it. Advantage. Exactly. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know if you have any questions on, on the game Gibus uh, Adventure. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was especially um, impressed by the graphics. There's yes, no other a... word for it because it, it looks like you're playing an, uh, an interactive cartoon. Exactly. Yes, it, it it looks. You know, again, Curse of Monkey Island, Seven Max, Days of Tentacle. It, it it's what, what I believe those games would look like if they were made right today. Now. So, yeah. so it definitely looks like a vampire story. I think Bill Taylor would be proud if he had these graphics. So Bill Taylor was the artist for the Dig and the Curse of Monkey Island, mm-hmm. and it's uh it looks amazing. But I'm also very happy to say it plays amazing. Every other aspect of the game is just as good as a game that is a very well thought out game that they, they have really gone above and beyond to try and make this game as good as possible and um, and also I think that people will have a new favorite character or two I believe that uh, well 
don't think there's any spoiler to say that Kitta will probably be just, you know, she has been front and center of the marketing material, and with good reason. <laughs> she is, I think, uh, one of the best things about the game. Her interactions with uh, Buzz are really, really cool. And also, you get to play a few times as Kitta. So, I think it's once or twice you get to play as Kitta. And, um, and then also, as the developers say, you have the most realistic Transylvanian accents uh, for a very good reason. is because the developers are based in Transylvania. Yeah. So they got From that there. right. <laughs> so he didn't even... But in the interview, uh, Liv, I, I did not hear an accent at all. Yes, he's, and he, does the, he plays the main character and he's really good in it. <laughs> he's... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, he plays the the emotional part as well, the comedic part as well, uh, and yeah. I, at first, I wasn't sure if it was him or not because he's, you know, it sounded like, uh, you know, and maybe I'm sure he probably is, but a professional actor. Because other times when developers have voiced the main characters, it doesn't always turn out very well. But in this case, it most certainly did. So, yeah. and I'm very happy to report because I was. Hoping it would be good. I was really, because after speaking with Livio as well, I was really, really hoping that this game would be good. I'm very happy to report that it is. And also, if you're into Lovecraft, then you will, I think you'll have a blast with all the references. Um, but as I said, if you've never played any Lovecraft game or read any of his stories, it shouldn't bother you either because it, does, it doesn't say, oh, look at me, I'd, mm-hmm. I know Lovecraft. You know, it's just well, a game read, for everybody. I read, I read most of the Lovecraft stories, so I think uh, I'm, I'm a big... I, I think you'd enjoy it. I will because also... It, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 was, I am looking forward to playing. I hope I get to play this game before the end of the year, but it's, it's going to be tough. <laughs> I know so many other games. I think you would really enjoy it because if you're a Lovecraft fan, because what I thought initially and wrongly was that this was like a spoof of Lovecraft. It isn't. There are some comedic elements, you know, like especially with the people from Fishmouth. He really has fun with the uh, characters who look like fish, uh, you know, fishmen. And there, there are jokes about that as well. And But it, it takes it seriously. You know, it takes the, the Lovecraft stories seriously and the Lovecraft world series, even though the game itself is more comedy. It, it's mm-hmm. not making fun of, of Lovecraft or anything. It's taking that seriously. So I think anyone who likes Lovecraft or is into Lovecraft will really, at the very least, enjoy the references and should enjoy the game as well. So definitely I would highly recommend it. So, uh, so yeah, so that is Gibus, a Cthulhu adventure. <laughs> and, right. Right, yeah. So, phew, thank God I won't be having to say Cthulhu every episode. <laughs> It's Cthulhu. <laughs> yes, maybe we should get Livu Bor back to, to. It's, it's not yeah, that uh-huh. difficult. Uh huh. Says you. So yeah, I mean, Cthulhu. I mean, you speak double Dutch anyway, so. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't even speak single Dutch. So. You don't even speak single English. That, that's true. <laughs> and I was an English teacher, scarily enough. <laughs> That um, says a lot about Irish Irish education. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we can... <laughs> do, you, do you speak Gaelic though? Because honestly, when I hear Irish people talk Gaelic, it's almost as if they're chanting from the Necronomicon. So yeah, can, can, yeah, I suppose kind of yeah. Well, I I studied it, but I still don't speak much of it. But you studied um, the Necronomicon. Well, practically yes. That's uh, although that would have been more interesting than studying Gaelic. But anyway, <laughs> anyway um, I believe I have to get back to the beach now. I don't know if you can you can see the waves behind me. But you know, there's a there's a cruise now going to Santorini. We're going to oh no, I have to go to Nossos to look for the moonstone, or is it the Keystone or the Sunstone, or one of the stones anyway to look for Atlantis. Uh, but it's very difficult because the hotspots here in Nossos are really hard to find. If I do go to to Nossos, I will I maybe put some photos up to see if I have found the sunstone, the sunstone or the keystone. I think it would help if I knew what I was looking for. That would be a good start. So yeah, no, that is it for this episode, I believe. Is there anything you want to mention, Thomas? 
Now I'm about to start on the first expansion of Mutant Year Zero, the first DLC. And as you remember, that is a, not an adventure game, but it is a very highly story-driven tactical RPG. And it was one of my favorite games of 2018. So I am very looking forward to starting on that DLC because I love that game. Cool. Yeah, but I believe that was the first game you reviewed on this podcast way back in February. Yeah, when we when we were I believe... discussing our uh, best game, because I had written a top 10 list of my favorite games of 2018 for the Gaming Outsider, and, and we started our first podcast together discussing most of those games on the list, so yeah. It'll be interesting, our top 10 games of the year this year. I'd be very curious to know if we agree. Now, I know so far we've played different games, but it'd be very curious to know if we agree on our favorite games. But well, I think I think we will most on the most part from what we've played both played. I think we will mm-hmm. um, in general agree on that. But it's going to be interesting because we have four months to go in two thousand nineteen. Wow! Oh, I better it's, get it's, cracking. Yeah. <laughs> There's still so many games I want to play. And I was I was thinking, you know, it's going to be hard to uh, to beat the one two three punch of Unavowed, Oprah Din, and Lamplight City. And then I was thinking, well, Heaven's Vault was really good. And uh, I still have Whispers of a Machine that is supposed to be really good. I'm looking forward to playing that one. And um, I think 2019 is going to come close to 2018 in quality. Yeah, there have already been some really good games which I've played and talked about. Uh, Rainswept, which was a really su- good surprise for me because I didn't know anything about it, but I loved that game. And then there was Guard Duty and then there's Detective D. And now there's Gibus as well. And of course there's Clamman, which for me is still the funniest game of the year, or last few years for me at least. I really, really loved the especially the writing in that game. And uh yeah, and now now Gibus as well, which I think will be up there. So it'll be interesting to know how high this game will be, if it'll be our game of the year. It could be. I still have to play Heaven's Vault and Whispers of Machine myself. You really need to play Heaven's Vault. I will yeah. once once I have uh found a moonstone or a keystone, then I'll be back and I'll get back to to more archaeology in space this time. So I think we've kind of rambled <laughs> a lot. So I think until next time, uh, we hope to hear you talk about uh, Mutant Zero, I believe you mentioned. Mutant uh, Zero, the DLC. Yeah, or or anything else I could uh, have played in the three, four weeks that you're uh, getting some sun on in, on the Greek islands. Uh-huh. So. See, if I come, see if I come back, I might like it too much there. <laughs> yeah, well, they have electricity and internet. So That's true. <laughs> That's true. And yeah, also future episodes, future... I've got some really interesting interviews coming up. I mentioned with one of the developers of Clan Man who will be coming up. Uh, next week, I still have to see which developer I'll be interviewing. I, uh, yeah, it'll be with somebody. I've got some, and also I will be speaking with, well, I'll be uploading episode in the near future with Laura Cress of AdventureGamers.com as she talks about her experience at Gamescom, and she'll be talking about Telling Lies, the new game from developers of her story, and wait for this, wait for this, I hope she tells the truth. Yeah, see what I did there? Oh my god. Because, uh, well, okay, as the... a final thought, if you want to meet us in person, we will be at Adventure X in two months. Come say hi, let us know what you think about our ramblings, and uh, <laughs> especially keep on questing. Yes, we we will be there. We will be very easy to spot with our Adventure Games podcast uh, memorabilia. You can't we'll, see it, but I'm wearing the cap right now. <laughs> <laughs> we will be there wearing, you know, like flashing neon signs. Uh, <laughs> so, Adventure Games podcast. So, so if you're developers, fans, publishers, or podcasters, whoever, anybody, we love talking about adventure games to just about anybody. And mm-hmm. especially if you are Charles Cecil or Ron Gilbert or Tim Schafer, if you are there. But no, just anybody. And if you wanted to mention your game on the podcast as well, we'd be happy to do so. If uh, you want to talk to us as well, we're very, very happy to talk to just about anybody. So, we will be there. So the tickets will be sold by the British Library on the 4th of September. So uh, long before this episode goes up. But 
Uh, if there are still tickets available, be sure to come. And uh, yeah, should should be good. And um, yeah, there'll be plenty more jokes like the joke that I just said, which I'm sure will endear me to so many people. <laughs> and so that is it for this week. Uh, thank you, Thomas. I know you're shaking your head now. <laughs> I, yeah. By the way, I you know I am restraining myself because I've been known for telling really bad jokes in my previous job. My by the way, I was fired from my previous job for telling bad jokes. Now I'm joking. <laughs> my my previous manager he told me, "Shorsha, you cannot tell any jokes before you sign in, and you're only limited to one joke per day." So that was <laughs> that should give you an wow. idea. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's that's really bad. And, and again, they're not, uh, you know, they're not insulting jokes. They're just insultingly bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I so anyway, have no problem believing that. <laughs> so anyway, that's it from me. That's it from Thomas. So thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Sorsha. And uh, we'll speak again very soon once I'm off this lovely island. Okay.